This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm PJ Dorn, and this week on Pit Pass, we have superstar John Hopkins. Pit Pass Now is sponsored by Moto America, America's premier racing association. There are many ways that you can follow Moto America, online, offline, on TV, through their website. They've really made it easy for us fans, you and I both, to check out the action, whether we can get to a racetrack, which is, of course, the best way, or whether we've got it online. You can stream it. You can go to MotoAmerica.com. MotoAmerica Live Plus is their all-day streaming, so you can watch all the action from every single race. It's been incredible. I've been able to watch at least one weekend of racing that way. I encourage you to get out there and check it out. They're also on a number of networks, such as NBCSN, MAV-TV, and FS2. They're, they've got coverage everywhere for everyone. Please check them out. They've done a beautiful job of bringing and presenting the most beautiful sport, in my opinion, to us, the viewers. The latest news, sadly, in motorcycle racing that I can uh, come up with for us to talk about today, or report at least, is that the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series has unfortunately been postponed again due to COVID. They're doing the right thing and we applaud them. So sadly, we don't have any start date for that season to report on. We will, of course, keep you up to date and we encourage you to go to our blog where you'll have uh, links to the appropriate organizations that will be able to give you the latest news throughout the week about what's going on in that series. We're all excited for the pro motocross outdoor season to start after Eli Tomac's triumphant season in Supercross. We're looking forward to seeing how the outdoor season plays off. My co-host Dave Selecki and I will, of course, be reporting on it as that situation develops, and we look forward to giving you more information. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is, 
in Grand Prix motorcycle racing, the current top division, of course, is called MotoGP and has been since 2002. Before MotoGP, what was the premier class called? We'll be back with that answer later after we talk to John. Welcome to Pit Pass Today, racing legend, in my opinion, John Hopkins, former MotoGP racer, former British superbike racer, and still current badass who is in the world of motorcycle racing. John Hopkins, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. It's a uh, pleasure to be here. And uh, as far as the intro, yeah, it's MotoGP, World Superbike, British Superbike, Moto America. It's pretty much every championship and every bike you can imagine over 20-plus uh, years. So uh, definitely a fair bit of racing. Yeah, John, you continue... Um to um, to amaze uh, at least myself and many around you now your latest contribution in what has been a spectacular career is it looks like you're helping young racers who maybe need a little guidance you're giving it to them and it seems as though wherever you go a difference is made what's the secret to what you're doing for these kids because you are working with a number of young racers currently correct yeah, definitely. Uh, well, I mean, it was a uh, it was a project that we basically started over this last winter. Obviously, I've always had a had an interest with helping out young kids, just trying to to give back some of the uh, experience and knowledge I've gathered over uh, over all the years. And unfortunately, I uh, I had to stop racing at the end of 2017, where I had a massive accident. I ended up shattering both knees and uh, broke a few vertebrae on my back, and which accumulated to not just from that injury but over the career of injuries that was my 37th operation unfortunately and i mean i uh, had every intention of still going back and trying to make it back to racing again but unfortunately i just never got the uh, full range of motion back in my uh, my right knee i only have 60 percent range of motion in my right knee so it's pretty much impossible basically to fit on a race bike, a road racing race bike. And the last two years have been basically constant rehab, rehabilitation with the knees, and then coming to the realization that unfortunately I was going to have to look into the actual life after racing. But, you know, I still obviously wanted to be involved with the industry. And, uh, you know, it all came about, like I said, over this last winter. And I ended up getting an offer and basically a job offer to be a rider coach to Joe Roberts on the American Racing Moto2 team. And I started getting connected with the team owner, Buffalo, and, you know, I started working with Joe and everything started to progress really well. And then uh, as we started to uh, to connect and, you know, work together, then I actually uh, formed the plan to obviously start the American Racing Academy because, you know, that's the one thing lacking in, in America, unfortunately, is a really good competitive path up through the ranks into the world championship of racing. I mean, the, the level of racing over there is insane with the amount of projects and the academies and everything they have, you know, European and worldwide based. So, you know, we just wanted to uh, to try and make our mark and, and do everything we could to help young American talent. And so, like I said, we started the American Racing 
academy. There wasn't a whole lot we could do. Unfortunately, when we started to get things off the ground, the whole coronavirus hit, and we really liked to collaborate and, you know, eventually work with Moto America and Dorna and MotoGP by getting a full-blown junior cup within Moto America that can boost them straight into a Moto3 or, you know, European-style world championship. But we had to get our feet off the ground. So we started, you know, with the Avali Cup that was already going to be running this year in the Moto America series in conjunction. So, you know, we ended up uh, getting four kids that, you know, we, we had a search around and, you know, we spoke to Avale, we spoke to Moto America and, you know, there was four kids that uh, seemed quite good. And so we brought them on board and right now we're helping them out through the, uh, the Avale Cup this season. And it's been an impressive, although brief, start to the season again for the aforementioned COVID and the impacts it's having on racing. Uh, I feel as though we're pretty lucky that we are, in fact, getting to race. Uh, we've, we're seeing around the globe, as well as here in the U.S., uh, some racing's just not yet possible. But we've seen a couple of road races, and we're going to see more. Are you going to be at every single one of these races, John? I, I presume that's probably in the cards. It's going to be tough, unfortunately, because um, a few of them are in conjunction and during the same weekends as uh, as the MotoGP races. And, you know, right now, I'm, you know, one of my main priorities as well is obviously being the rider coach to uh, the American Racing Moto2 team within MotoGP and working with Joe Roberts and obviously trying to to get him to reach his full maximum potential. And I think he can be a, a really strong championship contender this year. So I am due to attend every one of the MotoGP races this year. So I'm, I'm actually leaving in uh, in a few days for uh, for Spain to Jerez for the reboot of the 2020 season, starting in Jerez in, uh, in a week and a half. So I'm due to fly out there in a few days. So Every race that I can make, I am planning to, but, uh, you know, we're still going to be, you know, working quite hard. We're going to actually bring on some more rider coaches as well for the kids. I think Roger Hayden is uh, is going to be coming on board to, to help out. Tony Elias is helping a lot of the kids out here on the West Coast. So, you know, we're bringing a, a lot of riders in from around the country that obviously have a lot of experience. And, uh, you know, they're going to be helping the kids out when, when we're over in Europe. You've got a full plate for a guy who thought he was maybe done racing. It seems you're just as busy now. Are you are you enjoying this, John? I know that's a, you know not necessarily the reason to have uh, a, the job, but are you enjoying doing it? Honestly, I I absolutely love it. You know, it is busy. That's uh, that's for certain. I mean, I'm uh, I'm busier now than I think well easily by far than than I ever was when I was. Uh, when I was racing, but, uh, but I enjoy it, you know, it, you know, not only working with Joe, like I said, at the beginning of the year and then having him have such a vast improvement and, uh, you know, be able to express and, and turn over the knowledge and experience that I've gathered. And fortunately myself and Joe actually had really similar riding styles and similar strengths and weaknesses. So, you know, everything I was able to pass on to him was luckily a, a instant improvement. And he went to guitar and had a, an amazing round there where he was, you know, pretty much you set the new lap record. He was on pole and, you know, just a second or two away from the podium. That in itself, I think I found, you know, just as if not more rewarding than, you know, anything in my racing career, you know, just to be able to pass over that knowledge and to see those instant improvements and, 
you know, then working with the kids and just seeing the excitement, the interest and, you know, the motivation that these kids have is, uh, is unbelievable. And it's really good and, and really rewarding, like I said, for me, because I came from a family where, you know, we were, you know, lower to middle class family. My dad was a uh, truck driver and, you know, my, my family put everything they absolutely had into uh, my young motor- motorcycle racing career. And, you know, unfortunately, they uh, they could only do so much. So if it wasn't for the help of, you know, multiple pe- people throughout my young career, there's no way I would have ever made it to professional racing, let alone, you know, all the way up to MotoGP. So being able to give back is really high on my list and something I really, really love doing. Well, John, that's it's altruistic and it's incredible and it helps the guys that you are helping along with the sport in its entirety. You're, you're adding to the sport who did this. Uh, you, you bring up the very good point. It, it takes help to do this professionally. Who would you look back and say really helped you similarly in your early days coming up through the ranks? The first one that really helped out and I mean was crucial, especially it was because my dad passed away when I was at the age of 12. I was just getting into uh, to mini bike road racing at the time. And uh, obviously I was I was winning quite regularly and uh, doing really, really well on the mini road race circuit here in uh, Southern California. Fortunately, the owner of the actual series that was running the series at the time he started helping me out enormously by supplying me all my bikes. You know, he, uh, he allowed my mom and my sister to, uh, to work and they, uh, they were able to do the scoring and work snack bars and so forth to allow me free entry. And then, uh, he supplied all my bikes. He supplied all my fifties, my eighties, and then all the way up until my 125 racing and, and helped me, you know, get into, uh, to 125 racing at the local track here at Willow Springs by taking me a couple times a month there to track days and every race every once a month. And then when it came time to obviously start looking at a professional career at the age 15, that's when John Ulrich, uh, actually stepped in and, uh, first helped me out by supplying me a bike and full service and everything for the Aprilia cup challenge, which, I managed to win the championship that year and uh, that got me a trip over to Italy and testing with the, the factory Aprilia team on the 125 team that they had there. And, and then we were off to the races and John then, you know, gave me a contract to race for his uh, Valvoline Mgo Suzuki team at the time. That's what it was called. And uh, I ended up winning two back-to-back championships for them, 16 and 17. And then that's when I, directly went uh, straight to MotoGP from there uh, at the age of 18. Yeah, the looking back, John, is on your career, is a, it's a wonderful story and how fast it progressed just speaks to the, the level of talent you had. Yeah, whenever you say John Ulrich's name, uh, a racer says John Ulrich's name, it's usually he helped me in a meaningful way and he just has a habit for it. We all know and respect everything he's done throughout the years in the road racing world and now his son as well. So that's the kind of guy you uh, easily can model some things after. What do you see as the future uh, for your, for this endeavor that you've started off so fantastically? Yeah, no, thank you. I, uh, I, see big things coming out of it. I mean, uh, you know, there's obviously no shortage of talent whatsoever here in, in, in America. And I mean, America has a history of 
some of the greatest, you know, American, you know, road racers there ever was. Unfortunately, you know, the sports kind of, uh, kind of gone down a little bit over the last, you know, decade with a lot of the manufacturers pulling out and then the big financial crash of 2008 and nine and so forth. That really, really obviously hurt the manufacturers, you know, for, from supporting the sport. And, you know, it's been a struggle trying to get everything kicked back up um, since then, but, Moto America are doing an amazing job at the moment. They obviously, you know, they got network television. So, you know, fans are able to watch it, you know, live on the TVs at least, you know. So that's a, that's a massive start. And, you know, we're hopefully starting to get manufacturers back interested. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully we can just keep promoting. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to all work together and collaborate. And, you know, I know Dorna and MotoGP, those guys are, desperate to uh to obviously promote the sport here in america and obviously get it back you know to the way it was and if not more yeah we're hopefully uh trying to to just bring everyone in get everyone collaborating whether it's riders industry manufacturers and everything and uh and just promote the sport and help out in every way we can and you know one of the biggest ways that we can do that is by seeing Americans competitively doing well in the in the world championships, and you know that's what we're uh, we're aiming to do. Well, it's a lofty goal, one that uh, clearly is within uh, the reach of individuals such as yourself, John. Your entire story is inspiring. The the physical ailments for our listeners who don't know that you've had to endure and overcome are endless. It sometimes seems, I'm sure from your perspective, more than anyone's, John, and your ability to continue to fight and never quit is exactly what makes racing racing and being able to inspire other people and young men and girls as well about how to live that way is is truly what it's all about and just good on you for everything you're doing i had a number of friends uh said you were very visible at road america when they were up there most recently and they said it was just it was awesome to see you around we all miss you man and it's really good to see you at a racetrack where you can you're doing what you're good at no thank you i appreciate it and you know being at a racetrack is uh is like being home for me you know it's been my entire life and you know, being able to give back to a sport that's obviously given me so much, you know, and, uh, you know, we wouldn't be doing what we were doing if it wasn't, uh, it wasn't for the fans. So, you know, it was really good to obviously see the fans back at road America uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's good. I'm, I'm loving it. Like I said, it's, uh, it's something I really enjoy. It's something I'm really passionate about. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, I've uh, I've had a few injuries over uh, over my career, but you know, one of the mottos that you know my dad taught me as a as a young kid was to never give up, and uh, you know, I I've always lived by that. You know, no matter what injuries I've had, or you know, I obviously feel like I'm probably the age of sixty or seventy. You know, and, <laughs> and I'm not even forty yet; I'm thirty-seven. But uh, it's worth it. You know, it's uh, every bit of it's worth it. You know, everyone you know, doctors and people I see and everyone, you know, they're going to be like, Oh, well, you know, you're uh, you're going to regret it. You're going to feel that when you feel older. <laughs> I always tell them, well, look, I'm already feeling it, but you know, it ain't going to stop me. And uh, you know, you always got to keep moving. So yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's something I'll have to, to deal with, like I said, with the injuries and, you know, they get sore when I wake up in the morning, but you know, for me, it's all worth it. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today, John Hopkins on Pit Pass. We really appreciate it. Is there anyone that you haven't mentioned you want to mention, sponsors or backers or anyone? Uh, I want, definitely want to give you the chance uh, this, as this is the platform for it. Well, just everyone on board, you know, with the uh, obviously the American Racing Team and the American Racing Academy, you know, that uh, that we've got going right now. You know, it's myself, Eaton Buckle. We've brought on a girl that's helping out, Cecilia. And, you know, we're obviously I've, I've actually partnered Eaton as well at his uh, at his management company, myself and Johnny Louch, who used to be my trainer throughout, you know, my entire motor, well, majority of my MotoGP career. And uh, he owns a couple of gyms called the W Training Facilities out here in uh, Southern California, which we're actually all partnered and looking to for. Yeah, we're going to be expanding uh, across America and then eventually across the globe. And hopefully we can uh, get this American Race Academy uh, off the ground fully. And like I said, start getting more American uh, kids out into the uh, world championships but no i just want to uh to say well done to all the kids that we're working with you know kayla yakov one of the you know one of the strongest girls i've ever seen at a uh, on a motorcycle who's racing with us and uh you know the rest of them are just just amazing little julian jesse james out here in in california and definitely travis horn who's out here in, in california the kid working with us he had a tough race when we were back there at, at Moto America for his first round and got taken out in the heat race and ran off track. And, you know, he had that exact same never give up motto. He started at the back of the pack and made it all the way up to, uh, I think it was fifth or fourth, but just off the podium. So, uh, just seeing stuff like that is, is inspiring to me. And that's about it. And just, you know, hopefully we can get this American Racing Academy as, uh, as big as we want to get it. Like I said, well, thank you again, John Hopkins, for joining us, and we look forward to seeing the outcomes of your efforts. Oh, I appreciate it, and thanks for having me on. This week's Pit Pass trivia question was, in Grand Prix motorcycle racing, the current top division, of course, is MotoGP. And that has been the case since the year 2002. Before that, what was the premier class called? And the answer is, it was the 500cc class. 500cc, and over the course of years, there were a lot of other classes. There was 250, there was 350, there was 125, there was even a 50cc GP class. And there are probably some classes that I don't know from the time before I was born. But the point is, there were a lot of them, and now we have, at the very top, of course, MotoGP. Before that, it was the 500cc, and they were two-stroke motorcycles. We had a couple of years there as the four-strokes came in where we had crossover, and both types of machines were competing on the track together in the Premier class. And in the early days, a 500 might have even got a win over the four strokes, but it was clear pretty much from the beginning that the four stroke 1000s or at the time 990s were the wave of the future and further trivia over the course of the years as the bikes got insanely faster, the organizing bodies, the powers that be tried to limit the top speed and they did so by reducing the displacement of the top class to 800 cc's. That was a somewhat short-lived experiment where the 1000s were bumped down to 800s. 
Of course, it backfired uh, on the organizing body and the riders and the teams just developed a different way to get around a racetrack and lap times continued to fall regardless of the displacement disadvantage ultimately they brought it back to a thousand cc's and we have what is currently known as moto gp coming up in the news we have scheduled the moto america race at road atlanta that is july 31st through august the 2nd we look forward to that race we hope and encourage you to go out watch that race live if you're anywhere in the area or if you're not get their incredible race facility they're going to have so much going on moto america puts on an entire show you're going to have live music you're going to have stuff for the kids camp out have a good time watch the races see the entire program meet these racers they have a bunch of activities designed specifically to get you the fan down into the pits so that you can meet the stars of this sport they're incredibly good human beings and they love talking to fans every one of them knows without fans they don't have a job racing so they truly appreciate your presence and involvement so get out and check out a race in the aft world that's american flat track They've got a double header set up for July 17 through 18 in Barberville, Florida. So that's coming up relatively quickly. As we previously mentioned, unfortunately, there's not an announced start date for the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series, but we'll keep you advised. And again, check out our blog where you can get information about such things. It'll direct you to the appropriate sanctioning body so you can get the latest and greatest information. Thanks again to John Hopkins for joining us today on Pit Pass. He was an incredible interview and an inspiring human. We were so glad to talk to him. Thank you for tuning in. We truly appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app where you'll get alerts when new episodes are uploaded. If you have a moment also, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you are also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and of course, pitpassmoto.com, where you can check out our all-new blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ Doran. We look forward to talking to you next week, and hopefully we have some more racing to see. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. <laughs>